Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, how how we doing this morning? Baby, where are you? Are you uh, are you on the road or are you at home? No, I'm at home in the studio. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I've been home uh yeah, I've been home all week. Home for most of uh August until our big gig and I'm super stoked about yeah. that. Yeah, that big, so. that gig is going to be huge. I oh, mean, it's massive. Yeah, you have to take an entire gig. month off to prepare for it. Well, yeah, so. I was going to say like there, there's that other thing we were talking about off the air. Like I can't go anywhere without hearing that guy's name. But the, mm-hmm. the other thing that I hear all the time is is about our gig, our, our oh, big 100%. gig in Dallas. Yeah. Piper, tell the audience about that and where they might get tickets. Yeah, it's very important to get your tickets, Texas. Uh, Texas listeners or those who want to travel to the great Republic of Texas. It'll be August 28th. That's a Saturday at 7 p.m. It's at First Baptist Church of Hearst, Texas. That is kind of near Fort Worth, Arlington, etc. If you go to happyrantpodcast.com and just scroll down a little bit, you'll see live recording. All the details are there. Tickets are $15. They're running through the church's website, so we don't have anything to do with uh, ticket sales or refunds or whatever bit of a sign-up process there to get it. But again, happyrantpodcast.com, 15 bucks, um, Saturday the 28th. We'll we'll do, the, I think we'll probably do the same thing we normally do, which is record a couple episodes, do a lot of interacting with listeners, do a Q&A. Uh, should be a really good time. There'll probably be refreshments. We'll have some books there for sale, that kind of thing. It should be a wonderful time. And, uh, and I imagine we have some pent-up live show energy because the last time we were going to do one of these was like the first month of COVID lockdown and and we had to cancel it. Uh and so it's been like a year and a half. It's been yeah, hitting that it hit in that two weeks just to flatten the curve, didn't it? We we kind of got bit by that. <laughs> you guys can't laugh about that, can you? You can. It's okay. Hey listeners, uh, I'm the horrible person. Baby, I didn't even to... hear I didn't even hear what you said. I just laughed. What did you say? You guys are just big sweeties. The both of is I said yeah, it Yeah we're we're the nice ones on air. Absolutely. I said that um, that our last live show hit in that like two week just to flatten the curve window. We, we, oh, okay. I don't even know what that means. So yeah, go for it. No, you don't. Oh. Enjoy. Yeah. No, it's Ron's the we, biggest. Ron's the biggest sweetie pipe, isn't he? Yeah. When you say of the three of us, like lately, Ron, Ron's the big sweetheart. Well, no comment gets you out of a lot of trouble. And it's not Ron no is, comment. I, Ron I don't is the even, best at no comment. I don't know what I literally don't know what you just said. Like the flatten the curve thing. I'm all confused about that. I don't even know. Babe, so, you're uh, not confused about it. You know what, boys? You should know me long enough to know that I man, I'm not big on the details. So I it, think you're a little hard to know, baby. Tr- I mean, well, that's that, that's true too. But it's you keep truth, you, it's a truth statement. You try to keep it a little mysterious. Except to Jared C. Do you tell Jared everything? Do you guys just kind of like lay it all out there with one another? <laughs> Do you, do, mean, do you do you uh, do you lay on your stomach like when you're on the phone with Jared and you, and you're like twirling the the phone cord in your finger as you? As I you mean, speak yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the one text thread we had that lasted forty seconds, like this month, yeah, I was on my belly. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so it doesn't. There's yes, not. But was but was the fray playing in the background while you texted him? Uh, well, I yes, mean, you'll have to ask. It. You'll have to ask him that. You know? It was like a scene so, from One Tree Hill, you know. Yeah, you'll have uh, to ask him that. You know, he was probably watching some like some like eighties like you know like I don't know teen comedy. You know, like in he was actor. probably simultaneously tweeting about how much he hates M Night Shyamalan's movies. Yeah, he was still has tweeting about M Night. They're going to be art or something. <laughs> Had, has Goonies on the flat screen? 
Oh, I love And, uh, you know, that's like, a... that's what he's... And writing, probably writing his, like, second book for the month or something. Is Jared a huge flat screen guy? Does he have a giant TV? Or does he have a modest, like, I don't watch TV TV? I think he has something... Oh, gosh, I don't I didn't even notice stuff like I think it's something in between because yeah. I think if it was one of those massive ones, I would have noticed. And it, yeah, and it wasn't like a micro TV like we have. Um, <laughs> it, it was something in between. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. Melissa, like Big M is like, I'm just so embarrassed that somebody's coming over to watch something with us because our somebody TV might think like, I'm not reading a book. You right. Know. So, yeah. <laughs> our TV screen is like it's, it's like smaller than your MacBook Air. It's you like know? a postage stamp. Yeah, yeah literally. But um, so I it's somewhere in between. Yeah. So here's the thing with Jared C. He's such yeah. a movie buff. You would think that yeah. he would have the like the entire wall of my living room is the television. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I don't think it is. I think it's just modest. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where, where do you go? I mean, I, you guys are like movie guy. You guys are bigger movie guys than I am. Do you guys have the big like 70 inch, you know, whatever, whatever they are? Dude, I. There's a story behind mine that I'm pretty sure I've told on the air, but Piper, I want to hear from Pipe first. Does Pipe have a huge TV? And no judgment either. I just no, don't no, no, no. care. I mean, I don't. I think huge TV has changed scale. So when I got my TV, it was on the larger end. It's a 50 inch flat screen, so it's good oh. size, but not like movie theater size. It was one of those like Black Friday. It was one of those Black Friday like new brand of TVs for like 230 bucks or something. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't even care if this thing is junk. It's it's uh it's a fifty inch TV. And I got it yeah. purely because um watching football on a smaller screen sucks because yeah. there's so many moving pieces and so it it also enhances the uh the movie watching as well, yes. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a good word, pipe. So Baby, I was like you in that I had a I had like a postage stamp television and it was kind of a point of pride. It was kinda of like this is how little we prioritize TV. And then yeah. Yeah, and then we uh, we moved into this house with, like, a huge living room and, like, the big, um, oh, what do you call it? Like, A-frame. So, like, the the ceiling goes up forever. And uh, this TV, it looked like a, it literally looked like a speck on the wall in this room. You know, it was ridiculous. You had and, hung an uh, 8 by 10 photo and we're trying to yeah. watch football. Did you update something. just out of embarrassment? Because- well, no, here's what happened, dude. So, this was a couple of years ago. I was out for a jog in my neighborhood. And this is no lie, man. I swear to gosh, this all happened. And I'm jogging, and I see this, like, brand new, huge, like, flat-screen television in the ditch. Like, no box, but it had stickers on it still. Um, no cord, but it looked mm. like a like a brand new TV in the ditch. And I'm like, well, that's weird. It must not work, or else why would they have put it there? You know, so I'm thinking this stuff through, and then I jog back to it, and I'm like, huh. Um, I better drag that inside. So I drag it inside. Got a power cord for it the next day. It sprang to life. I've been using it ever since. And it's huge. <laughs> it's magnificent. And I'm, I'm uh, you o- overlooked the headlines about Walmart being robbed half a mile away. Did you just, <laughs> exactly. just miss those? Exactly. Well, yeah, dude, is yeah. it just like because like people do that like in these parts? Well, the, like we'll do that. We'll put things that are working like just out in front of the house because somebody will just come and grab it. Like you know, yeah. Like we're not gonna so, we're not gonna sell it. It's just. We just my theory, like this is the this is the positive theory. We've we've got all these like rich old people in the neighborhood who like maybe they bought it and they were mad that uh, I don't know the six o'clock news didn't just come onto it immediately because it's just a monitor. I mean, you got to run the internet through your TV nowadays anyway. So I mean, maybe they were mad that they couldn't just like plug it in and watch TV and they they just set it by the. But the weird thing is, it wasn't in front of somebody's house. It was just in front of like a woods. Um, 
So it was probably for sure stolen. Uh, or wow. yeah, or somebody was moving and it fell out of the back. But you'd think yeah. they would have gone back and looked for it. But maybe well, yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say because like I don't. I mean, I, it doesn't necessarily mean it's stolen, right? Because like yeah. I don't sell. I don't sell anything. I sure. like if it's something that can't. If it's something that's not significant in terms of like dollar Value. amount, yeah, 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 I just give it away. Like the sure. the hassle of selling is not worth it. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah, I would have easily done something like that if I just didn't want it. And yeah. I can only get like $50 on Facebook Marketplace, which again, sure. uh, you know, caused me to have to meet some dude that I don't know. It's some undisclosed location. Yeah, it's not worth the hassle, dude. Yeah, it's like a bad yeah. movie, like it, waiting to it happen is a, where I don't know. It is that you're selling lot. furniture because then you get a little bit of cash and they take it away for you. The best thing That's about true. selling furniture is you don't have to lift it. That's you're true. just like, here, it's yeah. $50 for this table and you get to come pick it up. And, you know, I, know. Yeah, I just, bring some, bring I just hate the idea you. of somebody coming over and coming in and having to meet him there and oh wait you're gonna be an hour late well shoot man that's my time to be at chick-fil-a you know like all that kind of stuff so incarnational ministry of pastor ronnie martin <laughs> i have to talk to people this is this job exactly. no 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 um, that's ministry you're, you're talking about facebook marketplace man there's two different things going on there right oh boys question um, for you ted uh yeah regarding tv does tv yeah. size like is that a is that a personality statement is it a is it like a, a posturing <laughs> thing you know yeah. like in the south truck size says something about you like what That's are you compensating true. for etc does tv yeah. size fall in the same category like i'm wondering what it Man. says about me that i have a 50 inch tv i i don't think so anymore so yeah you you made the comment before i think like it's just become standard for everybody to have a massive, yeah. ridiculous TV anymore. Whereas I think a decade, decade and a half ago, it was a bit more of a of a flex for a certain kind of guy. You know, there was the like screening room in the basement kind of guy where you you'd kind of get the tour down the the cold, dark staircase, and and it would open into this magnificent screening room. And and now everybody just has the the huge TV. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's as much of a like one-to-one with the, the whole truck compensation thing, but um, <laughs> the, the truck, compensation, which is very much a thing in the South. Like it probably uh, is in rural Ohio too. I don't know. I just know like oh, in dude, the the South, truck you just see, is, you see some of these trucks control. and you're like, Oh, somebody has daddy issues, you know, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, it's like $75,000 later. They like bought this rig. They call it a rig too. A they rig. Yeah. Their yeah. Rig. It's, it's like, dude, put a, put a mailbox on it. I mean, you could get a house for that. Well, dude. I'm just thinking like, so like I like, so back in the parts where I used to originate from Southern California, I mean, people are buying like, people are buying like Mercedes SUVs and Range Rovers for that price. Sure. But like, this is what's so weird. Like if you talk to some of these dudes with the trucks and you said, Hey, like, you know, you could have gotten like a Range Rover for the same price. They would probably think that was outrageous to pay that much for a Range Rover, but somehow like they justify it because it's this massive rig. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they haul like two pieces of wood in it per year. It's just like know? the mentality behind it is so, so strange to me. It's so weird. It is kind of fascinating, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no judgment when either. It it's just, more than it is what it is. That they live in. I mean, like, and there's, there can be some aspects of that too, which are super interesting. It, when you it, and Jared were um, like laying on your stomachs, <laughs> texting each other, is, is he a big truck guy? I could see him like. Jared? Kind of climbing up into the cab of like a big, <laughs> a, a big. Rig. Oh, dude, yeah. no, Jared. Jared C is like he's the opposite. He's more like me in that he's like, I don't like cars. I hate that I have to even own a car, pay for a mm. car, and drive a car. So I'm gonna get oh. the one that is just like I had that that is the least 
that, that almost like doesn't even exist within my lifestyle. You know, interesting. And then he tweets every six months about how his cars break down. How so his cars break down because I kind of think it might down. be worth investing a little more in cars, Jared. Hundred um, percent. You know, I mean, is it, it one of those like uh, faux nobility things of I care so little about my car? I've been driving the same Toyota Camry with eight hundred billion miles on it since nineteen ninety three. Is it is it that kind know, of a flex for him? You know what's so weird about that man is I I don't, I've never had this convo with him, but I wonder. I'm just wondering based on what you just said, T, if. It's one of those things that because he was in pastoral ministry for so many years, and the one yeah. thing you're not allowed to have as a pastor is an ultra nice car. Sure. And so I wonder if that has just like sort of hung over for him yeah. in terms of like, oh, well, dude, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't waste money on something that everybody's going to think, you know, I'm yeah. like rolling too high, you know, with yeah. if I own it. And so I don't know. I wonder if it's that because I know that dudes, pastors are so jacked up about car. Again, we've said this before. <laughs> they can own, I mean, they can have a Rolex. They can have like a right. $2.6 million like house on an estate with yeah. like an in-ground pool and like a right. sauna. But like they drive, <laughs> they drive a car that costs more than $23,000. And all of a sudden it's like, oh no, man, I got to repent because I'm like a materialistic monster. You know, dude, I love Good this. thing. That's I got so mine. Funny. Good thing. I got mine before I became a pastor. Otherwise I might've had to get rid of it or you know, not that's what I'm saying, pipe. Yeah, good call. It'll be the you last know, car you ever own, but yeah, that's great. It's probably you know what we need for this show, boys. We need a car sponsor. Oh, that'd we, be awesome. We need to partner with a car dealership and give them promos for like a year in exchange for for cars to drive. Do I don't know why this hasn't happened. Do we have to do the promos like a car dealership? I would do that. I think that would be great. Um, maybe we even cut a commercial. You know, we can we can cut it while we're down in Dallas, but. Uh, Listen, if you're in the car business, if you're a car mogul, uh, and you want the show to partner with you in a business sense, uh, we we are prepared to do that. Um, I think it would be next level for us to have a car. But I mean, boys. we don't even have to do like uh, you guys can do it. Like I, we could go next level with the promos. Like we could do those kind of like the world is yours. You know, like those oh, yeah. kind of like those kind of promos. Yeah, no, I like know. The like the real dark, uh, heavy Matthew McConaughey. Like, you know, Lincoln like ones. Taking, yeah, yeah. I like it. No, this is good. This is good creative energy, boys. Well, speaking so it, as long as we want to level this up, you know who the you know who the mastermind behind those Matthew McConaughey Lincoln uh, commercials was? If you can call him mastermind, sure, go ahead. Donald Donald Miller and his company. Really? Yes. They that was like their first. Like when he started in, like started going into the branding thing as like he's now a branding guy, not a religious writer anymore. Uh-huh. That was like their first big. Uh, client was Lincoln and they came up huh. with that whole thing. Now he, the way that he tells the story, he's like, we sent him this whole storyboard and everything. And and then what came out was not what we put in, but huh. uh, yeah, but the, the whole like staring off into the distance, you know, making eye contact with a longhorn steer commercial thing <laughs> is uh, Dude, that, that all came, fabulous. that, that all came from Donald Miller. Bo- boys, it's incredible to me that a guy would give up <laughs> writing Christian books to like I know working, it. working with like to Ford making, and Matthew McGonaghy to falling out of bed into a pile of Lincoln. millions of dollars. I, I don't. I it's literally baffling to me yeah. that he would choose that path. I know he could. He could be sitting I, in his. He could be sitting in his home office podcasting about nothing. He could right be doing now. a podcast right now, hoping yeah. to get a book deal with IVP and just like I know, living, dude. Like hoping to get that lucrative forty five hundred dollar advance from IVP. You know. It's just um, incredible to me that he chose that path. I I literally will never understand. It. Baby, I'm shocked, uh, just as shocked as you are. I mean, that's 
That's huge. So hey, has our boy Donnie gone full deconstruction? I forget who's deconstructed. We need like a cheat sheet. No, I don't but, think he has. Like I, he uh, just he just kind of stopped making uh, you know religious exploration his thing and just went into business. Yeah. So he might be like faithfully attending some Orthodox Presbyterian church for all I know. He but he's like, he's, well, he's, he's he just say, a business dude now. Didn't he say like? Didn't he pull the? Uh, I I swear, and I I'm probably wrong, but I swear he. I swear he I swear he was like the dude one of the uh I just don't go to like church anymore dudes like well, he, I can do church I can do church myself Well mm. he made a I don't even remember the well. context he made a comment like 10 years ago it may yeah probably about 10 years ago where he's like sometimes I go to nature instead of going to church kind of thing like I meet God in nature and uh and it got taken you know by the it was when the angry blogosphere still existed and everybody was like, see, this is why you can't read blue like jazz. The guy's a pagan, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. You know, sometimes I meet God in nature, too, but usually I still go to church. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know if that was a statement of I no longer attend church as much as there are, you know, you, you don't have to be a religious prig about things. You know, Big R, I almost never meet God in nature. <laughs> I'm not a huge nature guy. <laughs> Uh, like you know god created nature you just don't tend to meet him there. i know and i appreciate it i really do i appreciate so, you know that what else? you like he also these created these and these birds That's yeah he also created you know air conditioning and couches and stuff too so Dude, there's amen. there is that i love that creation too i really That's right that thank you god <laughs> you know what else he created boys a little company called visual theology Pipe. Oh, what a transition! What a little radio transition. Yeah, that was that was solid. Does that mean that God is paying us for these promos if He created this? Okay, now we're getting deep. Mm. All right, mm. sorry, <laughs> a little little sacrilege. My my bad. What yes. are we reformed podcast? <laughs> <laughs> is that still going? That thing? I, I don't think so. I have no clue. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They haven't like come at us on Twitter in a year or two, so maybe they maybe they folded up tent and. Closed up shop and whatever other promo. We got to talk about another huge podcast, though. (laughs) (laughs) But first, visual theology. Listeners, if you go to visualtheology.church slash happy rant, you will find the special offer from this company for our listeners. Um, But a little bit about what visual theology is it started as just a couple books. So it's it a couple books published by Tim Challies and Josh Byers. And then Josh has actually built it out into a whole resource website for. Uh, Bible teachers, youth leaders, pastors, Sunday school teachers, and you know, just people who want to be good students of the word um, with all sorts of visual aids to help the Bible be clearer for us. So I was looking through uh, their guide to the Bible um, last week, and they have, here's an example of what they do. They have a, a graphic. It's basically a heat map of how we got our current 66 books of the Bible versus some of the books that were that were rejected over time and how consistently for the last 2000 years, different church councils and things like that. So it's sort of a timeline with a heat map of how our current Bible has been approved and accepted and how these other non-biblical books have been rejected. And so it just kind of puts on a single page what would normally be like 600 pages of probably fairly boring reading to see, look, over the course of time, this is how the church has accepted this, rejected this, and why we have the Bible we do. And it's just full of stuff like that. So um, I would point people to their curriculum and their memberships particularly, especially if you are in ministry, are a Bible teacher, or are a pastor, because you pay a little bit per month and you get access to 
uh, dozens and dozens of resources for teaching people of all ages uh, about the Bible, but especially like middle school on up. So again, visualtheology.church slash happy rent. There's a 20% discount off of every uh, any purchase as well as off of your first <laughs> month of membership. So listeners, go check that out. They have some amazing stuff. Their posters are sweet too. Really, really good design, which is hard to find in the in the Christian world. So again, check them out. Yeah, excellent pipe and and super cool company. We do love visual theology. They've they've been great to us as well. Um, boys, I want to talk about a, a social construct, a social dilemma, if you will. Um, and I'm going to start in the middle of our text thread, and we're going to keep it anonymous here. But this is about the dilemma that happens where you thought you've said no to something or made it clear that the answer is no, um, but the other the other party just keeps pushing. Ron, you said this, always mind-numbingly shocked when people keep pushing something that they've obviously gotten an answer for. The lack of social cues at work slays me. And then I said, it's remarkable, isn't it? And it puts us or whomever in the position of having to finally and harshly say no when the other guy should have easily read the cues. I actually super resent this. And then Piper said, I just super ignore it. And then I said, this is a topic for tomorrow. Um, And then you said, Ron, there seems to be an epidemic of these dudes in ministry. And I said, and academia. And then I said, I actually just think they're everywhere. So this... This mm. whole motif of you think you've said no to something or you've just kind of been silent on it for a number of weeks, the implication being the answer is no, and yet the other person just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing until you finally have to do like the rude, no way, this is never happening, and then they get super offended. Um, I hate this dynamic, dude. And um, it seems like there's been some kind of an erosion in – social skills over the last decade or so. What, what do you guys attribute this to? I think there's an erosion of social skills on the one hand, but I also think that there is a, um, the lines have gotten really blurred between business and personal. And mm. so, you know, mm. it used to be that like, if, if you wanted to work with another business on something, you send them a proposal for marketing. I mean, the way that we do, the way that we do sponsorships, hey, what would it look sure. like to sponsor the podcast? Here's what it looks like. Okay, we'll work mm-hmm. something out or oh that doesn't work for us. The end. No offense. Yeah. But when people become brands, it gets yeah. muddy because they start to treat other people as resources and so you get these weird like it it is I think that's probably part of the reason why social cues have just been gone because it they don't think of it they're thinking of us as a business, not as social and we're thinking mm-hmm. you, you're invading my life with an annoying request. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a great point, Pipe. That like, is a great I hadn't point. Thought of, yeah, I hadn't thought about it in terms of, yeah, the whole the whole blurring of personal and social. And even the whole, like, you know, hey, if you're ever in the greater, you know, Cleveland area, come out with me. I'll buy you a $17 IPA and we can talk about it, you know. And it's just like, wait a minute, are we hanging out or is it a business meeting? Like, nobody, nobody knows what's going on. Um, yeah, it's strange. Big R, what, how do you see this? Man, I, yeah, I hadn't, I love the way Pipe said that. So, uh, you know, full props. I think that was kind of brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I would go this direction with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bring it back to dudes that I deal with in pastoral ministry. Um, and I think what I see in terms of like the lack of social <clears throat> cues is you see a lot of pastors that 
if they weren't pastors, they would be engineers or something mm-hmm. along that line sure. in real life. And so just personality wise, there's, there's a general sense of just a, a lack of like social interaction and, you know, n- know how to, f- you know, know how to read a room and know how to feel a conversation and uh-huh. just to have a little bit of those sensibilities that I think a lot of these guys lack because they're, they're super, they're kind of academic in nature. They're studious. If they weren't pastors, mm-hmm. they might be doing something, you know, in the realm of engineering. That's how I always describe it. And so yeah. I just think that when, when it comes time to like do things that require some like relational, um, you know, uh, intuitiveness. Um, yeah. Sometimes there's just a lack of that. So it's almost like they're, they just, they, they, they walk into a room and they have no ability to sort of get, you know, get those kind of social cues that I think are actually super important if you're doing ministry, but, so, and it, but some guys just don't have them um, because they're just not built that way. They're not wired that way. And so I think we run into this. I think it overlaps into what Pipe's saying because guys that are doing Guys that are doing things of a more technical nature, if they're, you know, if they're developing ministries or parachurch ministries or, or things that have them sort of intertwined with a lot of detail work and building things, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think you'll find guys that are more, they have minds that are more drawn into those types of things anyway. So I, to me, I kind of go a little bit personality with it, um, but I think it overlaps with what Pipe says as well, you know, so I don't know. I think there's, I think I think there's another aspect to it, which is that the... There's a things are taken very. You you said you know you talked earlier Ted about people taking offense when you finally say just no no we're not going to have that partnership no I'm not going to promote your book no I'm not going to whatever instead of just sort of trying to quietly leave it there as non confrontational sure. and people take it personally because they don't realize they're making they're making a um, essentially a business or transactional request but they have all of their personal feelings in it. So when you say no to them, you're not saying no to the business. You're saying no to like, you're like saying, I hate what you did here. And maybe you hate what they did there, but really what you're saying is I don't have time for this. Like this doesn't fit in the, the priorities of my life. And they're mad because you're not making them a priority. When in reality, you're just saying, if this is a business transaction, this isn't my business priority. If this is a personal thing, you know, well then why are you asking me to promote that's not what friends do. Mm. Like this isn't a, the friends don't do that kind of deal. So it's it's yeah. the muddying of business and personal that makes it really weird too. Well, and I yeah, also but- think too, pipe that like there's we you have to be okay with people saying like just because they say no to something that you do that they don't want to partner with, it doesn't mean they're you know you don't have to look at it like they're like re- you're, they're rejecting you you know, as a, as a, as a, as a human being, as an image bearer, right. It's like, yeah. dude, no, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I can't work with everybody. I can't partner with everybody. Some stuff I'm going to have a little more interest in some stuff I'm going to have zero interest in. It doesn't reflect on what you're doing as being a valid thing or product or idea. It just means you can't do everything and people got to be okay yeah. with that. You know? Yeah. I think, I think it harkens back to the good point that pipe made a couple of weeks ago about like the internet's created this facade that like we can know everybody, you know what I mean? And that you can have these rich, like vibrant relationships with every person and every podcast and every project. And, um, yeah, the fact of the matter is it's just not true. Like it's impossible, you know? Um, so we focus on only promoting ourselves, which is, uh, which is something that we can do and it's well within our grasp. When was the last time one of you guys asked somebody to like tweet about this podcast or, hey, tell your friends or, I mean, we don't even do that on the show, do we? No. Um, no. 
I think yeah. you know we once a, once in a blue moon we're like, hey, I guess you could leave us a review on on uh, you know iTunes or whatever. But we we don't even right. do that anymore. I feel like we we have fully just gone into the we'll we'll just promote ourselves, and if people like it, they like it. Which I I at least can sleep at night because I know I'm not harassing friends and making them in that awkward position of like, dude, I don't even like your podcast, but I can't tell you that because then I would be offending this this dear precious that you have. Yeah. It it does beg the question though, should we be cultivating like should we have a genre of friends who we just use for promotion? You know what I mean? Like they they exist at a strata where like they're not real friends. We're never going to actually hang out. If we do say, it'll that's be like not really the definition of friend, right? Just Well, no, but it's it's kind of become that. Like I'm being glib, but I I think for a lot of people it is kind of the definition of friend. Like, oh, this guy tweeted about my book and I tweeted about his. Oh, and, that absolutely you know. exists. Now, yeah. and the thing is, you you just want those people to be honest about it. So, you know, I get asked to endorse or promote books, I don't know, once or twice a month by by people who I know, but I wouldn't consider close friends. And I think they would say the yeah. same in return. And when they're just upfront about it, where they're like, hey, this is that thing we have to do. And we all just acknowledge that this is sort of part of the business and they they kind of send it as a blind carbon copy mass email so they're not mm. they're not trying to leverage anything they're just like i'm sending this to a bunch of people if you can i would appreciate it if you can't totally understand that doesn't right. feel uh cumbersome to me but the people who are like hey you were on my podcast and we're kind of buds now so could you do this thing for me like they're all of a sudden they're leveraging this non-relationship yeah. and viewing it as a you kind of acting as if we're friends when in reality we had a 40 minute conversation about a topic. Yeah. That, that feels kind of, yeah, that always kind of makes my hackles go up a little bit. Yeah. Even that though is confusing because the, the whole kind of nature of the podcast is sort of, it's canned intimacy. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, um, feigned intimacy. Sometimes it's real. Like I think when it's working well, like an interview podcast, like there's actual, like good vibe between the two people. But then, yeah, it would be easy to like hang up the Skype call and think, oh, wow, I really hit it off with that person. Maybe we're actually friends, but in reality, you're you're probably not. Yeah, you'll never um, see them again. Yeah, so I think it's just a matter of expectations. Um, speaking of expectations, boys, what do we expect for the rest of this podcast? I feel like we've kind of wrung out this topic. Well, we had I, to, we, I think we should. I think we should take this topic and figure out what we're going to do in terms of asking people to promote our book when it comes out. Mm, like, what are okay, what are this our? Is big, yeah, this is a workshop. So you know, anything yeah. we can say, anything, anything goes. There are no bad ideas except for the really bad ones. And uh, like, what are we going to do with our book? This is a marketing meeting. Yeah, yeah. I like that pipe. We've That's just, good. you know, R- Ronnie. Just imagine, you know, a whiteboard or something that that would get the the creative juices flowing. Whatever it is for you, what? How are we? Ticket. How are we going to ask people to promote our book for us without being awful? Yeah, I I was almost going to suggest that we should be awful, and the answer Look, is nothing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we should go full slime ball on this one and try to get like who 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 do we think is the person. Who's still kind of credible, but who has the biggest, like, most slimeball audience that we could get to, like, tweet about our book? Who do you think that would be? Who would, who would like, hmm. be at the top of that pyramid? Jared? 
I'm sure he loves being called Slimeball, or at least having Slimeball no, followers. Oh, Jared, Jared actually is going to be one of the money dudes to to promote the book because I think meaning he's going to ask us to pay him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, all right. So Jared's in the boat. We can definitely get Jared. Um. Could we get anybody bigger than Jared? I I think there are probably some some of those like you know not not talking like the Tim Kellers of the world, but. Yeah. You know, some some mega church pastors who we could who we could get to, you know, at least throw up an Instagram post, which I don't know if it has yeah. any value, but like there's some legitimacy there. And hopefully they do it without reading it, because once they read it, they probably won't. They're like, oh, these guys, these guys made me uncomfortable. They made fun of my church. But I yeah. bet we could I bet we could find some of those guys. I like boys. That. I am going to go for the major players, though. I'm going to go for a little Johnny P and Timmy K. I mean, let's. Are you really, baby? What are you going to do? What's your approach going to be? I don't know. Let's just shoot. I mean, I I know, I know automatically B Pipe's going to say he won't do it. He won't do it. But, you know, he has a little of that father son stuff going on with that. So I, I think maybe me and you can make a play for it because, you know, we, we hung out with him that one night at the, (laughs) the live show. Baby, that was magical. We have history with John now. Yeah. Right. I mean, he even smiled a couple times during that. So I think we were a big hit. He I mean, smiled a couple times. That's huge, Pipe. I mean, dude, I say let's just shoot for the stars, and if uh, you know we get a couple of uh, we get a couple of falling stars along the way that actually uh, promote, I think we'll be good. You know, that's well said, baby. Now, do you have? Do you already have that email drafted to to John Piper? Like, yeah, hey, we we hung out in Indianapolis a couple of years ago. I'm sure you remember. You know. Um, I do this podcast with your son, that kind of thing. Yeah, I already had to send him four emails because he just claims he doesn't remember who I am. So it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been exactly. rough. It's not been going. He finally well. just had to so. give you a harsh, like perfunctory no. So that yeah, basically, I'm I'm being the guy that we just described, who's like doesn't exactly. read the room and <laughs> kind of really, engineering oriented. Right, I'm right. I'm just like, yeah. well, you know, I I built this podcast, and you should know about it. <laughs> he's like, I'm well, crazy. Johnny said, like, I've never even heard of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Do you think uh, we need to um do you think we need to to put together like a launch team? So, you remember when Michael Hyatt yes. came out with the book Platform probably oh, 10ish years ago and like the Absolutely. thing for a while was you get 100 core fans and you offer them all sorts of stuff that you claim has value, you know, PDFs of this and ebooks of that and audio of this and then you get them to do these 15 things to promote your book. Most importantly, going and leaving reviews on Amazon, et cetera. Do you think we need to do like a full on launch team? I mean, the I launch team thing feel, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we could do that because we have the kind, I think we have the kind of fans that would get into it because of the nature of the book. But the launch team thing, it feels so like 15 years ago to me, like when bands did it. But like, I love a, it for that. With a band, it's like so different, right? Because they're like coming to town, they're going to play a show. You're mm-hmm. doing so you're part of some team that's going to bring them in. You get to hang with them, but like for a for a book, it just doesn't. You know, it just it just it just feels a little like it just it just feels a little anticlimactic. You know what I mean? Baby, like, let me let me run another idea by you. And I love the energy in the room, boys. I love where your heads are at. Okay, let's just let's stay with this. What if we do a what if we do a tour? What if we tour behind the book? I, mean, I think it's time. I think we book venues. I think we get in a van, we 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 tour behind it. Oh boy. Now, book <laughs> book tours haven't worked in probably 25 years. But that's not stopping me, okay? I I like this model. I think it has legs. 
And you're suggesting what one one date, <laughs> one, <laughs> one, date. one date tour. Well, we have zero dates. But, well, actually, we do have one date booked. We have Texas, but um, but that's yeah, like just, months before the book comes out. We just that we just don't true. happen to have the product quite true. yet. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're a little productless. So we have zero dates booked at this point. But I think I think we could put a tour together, boys. What? Um, oh, his mo- modified modified tour. So. Yeah. You know, there's Nashville's full of <laughs> aspiring musicians and people play house shows all the time. Yeah. You know, so venues house are paying or the, you know, the, the listeners are distracted. So they'll play house shows and it's like, you know, 40 people in a backyard with the, with the, you know, the Thomas Edison bulbs strung up and everybody's got uh-huh. their fedoras on and they're drinking their, you know, frosé or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> what if we did like a house show tour where our listeners actually invite us to their homes? Like, we we are the Facebook Marketplace <laughs> guy showing up and inconveniencing them, and we could do like a reading, and then yeah. uh, you know just hang out with them. All right. What about a, what about a house show pipe, tour? I, pipe, that's brilliant. I have some experience with that, um, and I'm glad talk you brought it. it up because it's not something I wanted to bring up on the air, but I want to talk about off the air because you're kind of onto something. Okay, mm. big, Intriguing. wow, mm. yeah. I like that, boys. Maybe, uh, maybe a tour, maybe a book tour in the works. All um, right. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still working, chewing on this launch team thing. If we were going to yeah. do a launch team, you know, the what are the things that we're giving people to say, you know, for you to do these canned tweets on our behalf, we will give you something that's worth a fake retail price of ninety nine ninety nine. Like, what are those things? Other, we than are giving free weekly you the, audio. the joy and the privilege. Of tweeting about our book. That's what we have to offer you. We are giving you just the utter, just honor and <laughs> an unbridled joy and privilege of promoting really probably the biggest selling book of 22. How about Dude, that? I will covenant to send people just some random stuff from my house. <laughs> so like, I love how you don't even, I love how you don't even address that to you. You just, you just go, you just go total low grade. I'll send well, you no, like wanna- some- I'll, I'll send him like a couple of magazines of in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's a coaster. I'll send, you, I'll send you like the kicker like helmet that I still haven't sent Big R that I got just like oh, the in kick, a box. Baby, that kicker helmet's coming to you. Okay, that's a, that's a long-term project. That's something we're still I'll send you some on. promo stickers from Why I Love the Church that we got from Moody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> baby, I, we I, didn't even get that from Moody. I have another question. Um, mm-hmm. So another way to promote books is with like subsidiary products. And I don't mean swag. I mean like study yeah. guides and stuff or yep. a PDF of like seven ways to whatever. It's sort of the, <laughs> a it's the study practical guide for our book. Yeah. The practical application <laughs> piece. What, what are the subsidiary products for the happy rent book pipe? I'm going to get we... working on the study guide <laughs> on the, on the small group study guide <laughs> for, for our book. Do right? we need a small group study guide? Like who? <laughs> it, it can be us that writes it though like it has to be like someone else that we leverage to write this dude that is the fun like, yeah like we should get like truly a new bull to, to write yeah our- right dude it would be somebody it would be somebody like that that would be incredible um, can you imagine releasing a study guide for our book dude can you imagine a small group like uh like an awkward gathering of people in in somebody's home and like a guy being like okay um chapter four when <laughs> big t said judas priest like what do you think he like unpack that a little bit, guys. Like what? What, yeah, what is the subtext of of Ted and Ronnie calling each other 
baby throughout this really throughout yeah. the entire volume like it's just it's just a trend like throughout. gay stuff are we are we are we you know uneasy with that like unpack how it. does how does the gospel speak into the happy <laughs> that's right dude i would love a small group study guide for this um i'm writing all now, these things down yeah Again, Harvest House House is going to jump on a small group. They're going to love this episode. I've got another idea, you guys, for a partnership kind of similar to that, but a little bit different. What if we got visual theology to make some of the concepts in our book come to life via some posters? Um, I feel like that's a resource. So here's here's the thing. They would they would 100 percent do that. Uh, I love I've I've exchanged a couple emails with our new awesome friend, Josh. And this is not the the faux friend. This is somebody who yeah. actually wants to do something beneficial with us and for us. I think they would do that. So we would, we, I think we should, we That's should incredible. workshop that. So just as Ronnie wants to talk about house shows off the air, I think we do need to talk about the, the poster, et cetera, idea off the air. Judas boys, let's hurry up and get off the air. Okay. <laughs> why are we still talking? Uh, why, why are we still on the air? So I'm going to, I'm going to close this one out. We'll have our uh, our business meeting off the air and then do a Patreon. Boys, we've done what we always do in this program. In the oh, we forgot to mention Dwell Bible Pipe. Do you want to do a quick Dwell thing? <laughs> yes, I'm sure they'll feel really good about this promo. Oh, crap, we forgot them. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, listeners, Dwell Bible is an audio Bible app. If you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, you will see their special offer for our listeners. Um, it is a great way to bring scripture into your life in a way that is, you know, it's it's obviously a whole different medium, but it's a way to get it in when you don't normally have an opportunity. So in the car, while you're working out, while you're mowing the lawn, whatever it is, when it would be hard to sit down and read. They have multiple narrators, multiple listening plans. They have all sorts of features, both to help you study and memorize, as well as just just listen to particular thematic um, lists of passages for encouragement, for promises, etc. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happy rent. They're offering a 33% discount off of their um, lifetime subscription and a 10% discount off of their annual subscription. It's a great deal. And we actually just heard from a listener this week who has heard us do these promos for years and kind of rolled his eyes. And so he decided that he would test it out by getting it for his, I think it was his brother-in-law. And so he's like, well, I don't totally buy this, but I'll get it for somebody as like a guinea pig. And he said his brother-in-law came back to him and said, it's awesome. And so now he has gone and bought it. So nice. there, uh, there you go. Try that. Just get it for somebody else if you're, not, if you're skeptical and then, and then hear the rave reviews from them. You don't have to believe me. So dwellapp.io slash happy rant. Check it out. Beauty. Yeah, I love Dwell, man. They're, they're beauties. Big fan of the I'm Feeling Depressed playlist. Listened to it yesterday. Um, boys, we've done what we always do on this program and that we've wandered to and fro throughout some marketing ideas for our own stuff. And until next time, the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings. If you go to resonaterecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast.
The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.